All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast, our first Monday night pod, and I'm opening up with breaking news. Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala fears he has torn his Achilles, and Zach mm. Wilson will officially be the starter for the rest of the season. So before we even get to the big punt return, Brandon, can you trust Zach Wilson for another 17 weeks to get you to the playoffs, yes or no? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, listen, he he played great. I mean, not great. He played good given the circumstances tonight. He actually played better than Josh Allen, but that wasn't hard when Josh Allen had four turnovers by himself. Three to Whitehead. Um, Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, Zach Wilson did have some encouraging signs today. But, I mean, none of his drives ended in touchdowns, really. Yeah. I mean, they, there was only, you know, it was – you know, final score says twenty-two to sixteen, but a lot of it was field goals. So, like, it felt like I was watching the Eagles Patriots game. <laughs> That's what this felt like tonight. But you know, and I was watching it at work, so I didn't see everything, but I saw most of the game. No, I and, think you uh, saw enough because I think yeah, what well, once, we saw yeah, was once, what we saw kind of tonight, almost. Yeah, yeah. And once I once I saw. I didn't think the Jets were actually going to win the game when I saw that they were down, you know, being down what 13-3, 13-6. I was like, okay, Josh, I want to find a way to put this away, but he put it away for the other team, basically, just because I don't, I just don't get how how bad you can be. But at the same time, you know, credit to the Jets defense, they did play well. That's um, can, well can we both can we both uh, agree that the Jets defense is going to finish top two in the league? Is that crazy? Top two, yeah. they finished like third I last year. I think you put them up to number yeah. two. I don't think that's a crazy thought after tonight. Yeah, yeah, and especially with, I mean, Niners D is great. Phillies D is definitely gonna take. I think they're gonna take a step back after seeing what what the injuries look like with that team now. I, Nicobe Dean's out for a month. Yeah, Nicobe yeah. Dean's out for. a no, Kobe Dean's out for a month, and Bradbury's out for at least a game because he's in concussion protocol. I mean, he'll be back for the Buccaneers game. It's a week and a half, two weeks away. But at the same time, I don't, you know, God forbid it's any worse that he's going to be out for a while because if you get like, you know, God forbid it becomes like post-concussion, you know, whatever. Um, but it's not it's not crazy to say that because the Jets' defense, and I thought the Bills, I mean, the Bills' defense wasn't bad either. No, but, I thought they were really I mean, good too. But, but that's not my not, issue with the Bills, and we'll get to it. Yeah, but it's also not hard to be good when you're playing Zach Wilson. So, you know, it's like I think Zach Wilson can can still. I mean, he still looked. You know, he looked better than last season. I'll give him that. Yeah, tonight. no, he looks more comfortable. But the main thing is, yeah, that he, Jets he, offensive he line is atrocious. That Jets offensive line is atrocious. Yeah, even with Aaron there for the yeah, three snaps he played. The line looked atrocious. That doesn't change if Zach Wilson starts. Yeah, and two of the two of them was under pressure. Yeah, and two and and two of those snaps he was under pressure. I'm or I I, don't, I didn't see the, the last. Well, I, I shouldn't say the last one, but you know, you know, at least two of those snaps he was under pressure. The first one was a run, and then he had three what you know three plays where he actually had the ball in his hands really. Um, and then, you know, with two of them under pressure, one of them, he almost got sacked. He threw the ball away, basically, you know, flailing and just flipping the ball into the stands. And then the sack, which eventually took him out of the game. Yeah. So, you know, but but so that's, you know, that was already a telling. So I, I even said to my, I have two neighbors who are Jets fans, you know, older guys. They're like my grandfather's age. But, but um, you know, but they're still like very lively. And they were celebrating like, yeah, we got, you know, Got Aaron Rodgers playing tonight. I said, yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't. And this is before we obviously the injury happened. I said to them, I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills sack him at least four or five times tonight, if not more. And they, you were close. And sure enough, you were probably pretty and close they, if you played a full game. And they were, they were on their way to doing that because they already had sacked him once and already had almost almost another sack to play before or two plays before or whatever it was. So, you know, I, I would have been pretty much bang on had I had I had you played the whole game probably. Um, but the injury is, is terrible. I, but just, can I can I yeah. say this honestly? The thing, so I, I kind of felt this way going into the season that this might be Aaron's last year as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be surprised if by July he announces his retirement. He says, I'm done. I had an Achilles tear. It sucks, but there's not much. I like this might seem really out there or I don't know if it seems out there to you, but over the summer, you think he just says, I'm done. I'm a Hall of Famer. I've done what I could. Or do you think he comes back from this? It's it's so hard to tell just because it's it's like you know you want to think Aaron Rodgers can can play forever but because you know, we hold him up there with with the Brady's of the world and you know we we've always you know Aaron Rodgers is always a part of our you know we've seen Aaron Rodgers from, from when we were you know before we even left what grammar school we saw him all the way from grammar school until we left college yeah so like so you know we've seen Aaron Rodgers you know play for you so you know you want to see him come back but between the regression last year and I saw a comment like this when uh, on uh, one of the posts on Instagram I wanted like the ESPN post something like that somebody had said they wouldn't be surprised if he retired because between the regression last year Leaving Green Bay, the kind of you know, you know, you know, all the media frenzy around him with with all the you know negative things going on, um, you know, the 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 we joke about the ayahuasca darkness retreat, but you know, but that's he was he said he was close to retiring after the retreat. I mean, he said it himself. I mean, yeah, the guy's been thinking about retirement for three years. You're going through an Achilles tear, like art. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a valid conversation. Yeah, like between you know that's what that's what you know that's what we're getting at. It's like you know between the regression last year, or even so, like you know even if he's thinking if he's been thinking about it for that long, which I didn't realize he was, but you know if he's thinking about it for that have, long, have you seen the Pat McAfee show? The dude talks about retirement every year on that show. Yeah, well, I remember him saying it. I just didn't realize the the length of how long he was debating it. Um, because I kind of I kind of I heard it, but I didn't. I was kind of listening in passing. But, As you should when he's on the Pat McAfee show. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, but at the same time, between the regression, the the media circus around him, this now it's being done for the season. Most likely, we don't know yet, but most likely, if it is, I mean, Robert Sala already yeah. announced basically that Zach Wilson's starting the rest of the year. I, I think it's at least ninety percent. Well, the MRI is just going to yeah. confirm it tomorrow. As sad as yeah. it is. Yeah, but you still, you know, you still, you don't want to speculate just in case there's a miracle. Um, but which we're hoping you know, for, but I, I don't see it. Yeah, but you know, it's like I, I would think. And also, remember, you know, he like he like we said yesterday. You know, this is the guy that's going to be forty in December. Like, there's not there's not much left in the tank at forty. Even when you hit your late thirties, there's not much left in the tank. So, I mean. And remember, he's tearing his ACL now. I mean, tearing his Achilles, Achilles, Achilles. but you know, you figure like the recovery time for that, especially when you're older, it takes longer to come back from. So it's not he's not going to be like you know. You you know what you're looking at? You're looking at week one, maybe week two of next year. Yeah, you're looking at him essentially missing all of training camp. Yeah, and. It's like the, I don't think he, I, don't, I would somebody like him. I don't think he wants to go through that. I don't think the. I mean, the Jets fan, you know, Jets fans obviously want him to be their starter, but you know, with all that stuff going on, I can't see him. I can't see him coming back. I mean, maybe he gives it one more shot, and then then we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't at that point. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have nothing left to prove. You have a Super Bowl. You know, they're, you're, you're getting your gold jacket. Here's the thing. You're getting your gold jacket in six years. Yeah. First ballot. You're, you're getting yeah. it. Like, yeah. So I don't see why he would even want to continue to play at this point. I, I mean, on top of that, it's just, you can see you know, when Aaron Rodgers plays anyway, that there doesn't seem to be that fire in him that there was years ago. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like it seems like he's lost the passion for the game anyway. And with the media, with the media circus around him, it seems it definitely seems like he has, which so, he which he puts himself into anyway. Yeah. So I I can't I just can't like I, I can't fathom him coming back next year. I mean, it's a, it's still not a possibility depending on how he feels. 
Again, right. we're talking about this as early as possible, but the reason why I bring this up is because if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I I, I think I'm done. I re- if yeah, I'm Aaron, I, if I'm Aaron, and I've been thinking about retirement for three years, I I'm like, I'm sorry, Jets fans, I, I think I'm done. There's not much more I could do here. Yeah, it's just it's there's like there's it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, because even if you're not Aaron Rodgers, can you like it, like the only people that can play past forty? There's only one man, Tom Brady. We said we said that last night. You want to play like Vinatieri did, right? You said that last night, yeah, but it's like, you're 40, you know, you're going into next year coming off an Achilles tear. Yeah, it's not like you're coming it's, off from like a, you know, even, you know, you're not, you're not coming off of, a, of like, this isn't the last game of the season. You're not you know coming you're off a sprained playoffs. ankle. This is the last game of the season. And you, you're not, yeah, coming, you're off not coming off a sprained ankle. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, yeah, it's not, you're not coming, not, it's, it's like, you know, you're not coming off a sprained ankle. You're not a spring chicken. You're 40. You know, at that point, like if you're Aaron Rodgers, what's left? There's nothing left. That's exact. That's it's exactly why like I brought that, this up. It. You you exactly said that. That's exactly right. That's exactly how I feel. I think it's done. I I, I just I don't. What's the yeah. use of him coming it's, back? It's a shame. And it's it's awful. But again, like, what's the use of this guy? Best case, yeah. week one, twenty twenty four. Really, and on the flip side, Zach Wilson. Guess yeah. what? And you're then, you're a backup. Zach Wilson. Guess what? You're a backup the whole offseason. You feel like you're going to be on the bench. Guess what? You're back. You're back. You're starting, and you're fighting for yeah. a starting job. More mature, better. Yeah. But honestly, you're you're fighting for a starting job. It's not with the Jets. Some other team next year. That that's a yeah. crazy position it, for him to be in. I I I said the Jets. That's fantastic. I said, you know, you got to be careful putting all your eggs in one basket with with Aaron Rodgers. This is obviously before the injury tonight, just because of the regression. And he's forty. Like, it's it's not like we're saying he's thirty five years old or thirty two years old or something like that. Like, he was. He, we knew what he was going to be coming into the season. We knew it wasn't going to be pretty. And I mean, it did look pretty early on in this game for the for four snaps he was in there, and you know, one of which was a run. Um, and I mean, he was under pressure twice and got sacked once. I just, you know, I said that before, but if it wasn't pretty to start the game, and we were briskly hinting at this all season or all off season, it's like there was no reason. I feel like for Jets fan, and listen, Aaron Rodgers Hall of Famer, it's it's easy to be excited and root for you know, one have a guy like that on your team when you've struggled in misery for so long as a Jets fan, but you also got to take the reality of it that we and you've said it. Shane said it. I said it. This, you know, if he if he would have stayed healthy for the rest of this game, do we really see any difference between Brett Favre's tenure in New York versus Aaron Rodgers? No. Well, we're we're some unfortunately not going to know. Yeah, and... we're not going to know, but but I don't. But I still I still think that I still do think it would would have been a Brett Favre situation. Yeah. Or yeah. Brett, or at least Brett Favre Brett Favre esque situation. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, that, like go back to this too. Again, Zach Wilson. Guess what? You're you're battling for a starting job next year, if not with the Jets, somewhere else. That that's the, the yeah. you have you have you have a second chance now. This is a second chance to prove to yeah. the world that you can start again, whether mm-hmm. it's with the Jets or not. If he has a good year, a team is gonna. If Aaron Rodgers does come back next year, and let's say Zach Wilson has a good year, and they want to keep him, or vice versa, Zach Wilson is gonna have a starting job if he has a good year. Here's yeah. your second chance. Here's your opportunity. And yes, it's week one. And it wasn't pretty, but if they make the playoffs, at least semi comfortably, and he has a good year, he'll find a starting job. There it is. This is your opportunity. Go ahead and he take could, it. He could almost. He could almost have a Geno Smith type story. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's you know that's that's important. Like you know, everybody wrote Geno Smith off, but he played very well last year. No one thought he would, and here he is now. He got the you know the big, big money from the Seahawks, and now you know I mean you know we got to see what he does this year. But still, he he made a made a second. He got a second life in the NFL and made a comfortable living out of it now. Yeah, so this, this, is, this is Zach Wilson's second life. This is Zach Wilson's second life. This yeah. is it. 
This is yeah. it. Somehow, some way. It's going to be real interesting because now, especially now that, because we got to remember, even though Aaron Rodgers is basically done for the year, Zach Wilson should have absorbed something from a Hall of Fame quarterback during the offseason. And I feel like he so, did. He looked better today than he has in his whole career. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, but so, he looked better. It was better. He he did he did what he had to to win. That was the thing tonight. He did what he had to to win. But it's just it's gonna be really interesting to see now with like Jets fans, the media, everybody has to now like basically subvert their expectations of this team and like kind of redo them because now you have it's a whole different equation now. It's yeah. no longer hey Aaron, it's no longer hey Aaron Rodgers gonna lead this team to the promised land. Now it's what can Zach Wilson bring you, and has he learned anything studying under Aaron Rodgers for a whole offseason? Yeah. So it's you know, and we're that, gonna see the Jets, and we're gonna see the Jets on national TV a lot this year. That doesn't yeah. I mean, unless they unless they you know unless they do some flex scheduling later in the year. This is a team we're gonna get to see a lot of. The whole country is gonna get to see a lot of this roster. Yeah, and God knows I'm tired of seeing the Jets in my area enough every week. So now but... you get to see them on national TV. Oh, oh! I mean, what is that and, dolphin? What is that Dolphins Jets Black Friday game gonna look like oh, in ten in twelve weeks? Well, I, mean, I don't we'll know. If Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson can can keep improving every week, it could be a game. But I mean, but see, I want, and it it hurts for me because as much as we kind of say, "Oh, you know, Jets fans, we warned you," um, but you know, at the same time, it's like. I want to see the Eagles Jets in October because of Hurts versus Rodgers. That goes out and the window. Now, and that goes out the window now. So it's like, I mean, the only thing now is I hope I can get tickets for cheap now. But I mean tickets are gonna go down. It, it sucks. It's it sucks to say it sucks to say that, but they're gonna drop anyway, just because Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, they're gonna drop. Yeah. But they're gonna drop significantly. But at, same, but at the same time, if the Jets do do well by that point. You know, it is still a game worth watching. Yeah. You know, Jets defense, Jets defense have to having to play Philly's high powered offense. So it's, we already it's said still what the Jets defense. We already said what the Jets defense is going to be this year. I, I don't yeah. think that's wrong. Um, the yeah. Bills, the Bills made me pull my hair out again every week, <laughs> every fucking year. They make me pull my hair out, dude. What? What the hell? Dude, okay, and and by the way, you know what's infuriating about the Bills today? James Cook was incredible. He played a great football yeah. game. Yeah, he was. He was he great. Played, he played a great yeah. football game, and yet there are times where Josh Allen and this this offense and Josh Allen's like, oh my god, we have to make Josh Allen do everything. You have a running back. Finally, flip and use yeah. him. Flip and use yeah. him, and stop gunslinging the ball when you don't have to. It's so simple, yeah. and then. Joe and Trey were talking about how Josh Allen told them, oh, I need to be patient. Where was the patience? There was no yeah, patience. There was none. It's ridiculous. Yeah, jo- Josh Allen played like he had a sense of urgency pretty much the entire night. Like, there, there was no composure, it seemed like, at all. And it's like, I, you know, every year we hear the same. Like, this is Josh Allen's, not, not his first, second, third season. This is his sixth season as Bill's quarterback. Like, he hasn't learned to slide. He still turns the ball over way too much. Like, this is what I was this is why I was saying when I said last night about some of the games this week, you know, we can't overreact because week one, but some of these games this week told you who a team was for better or for worse. This game told us for the worse who the Bills are. Except one thing, which is the thing they have to do to win a Super Bowl this year, and that's give James Cook the ball and let him and let him, pun intended, cook. That's yeah. the key. But that's the key for them this year. Let, are they going to let him do it? Indications exactly. are no. That's, yeah, it's. I mean, like, yeah, it's only week one, so we have to see what what happens going forward. But if we start getting, you know, if, like we kept saying with other teams, because if we start getting a few weeks into the season and things aren't changing. Then the Bills aren't winning a Super Bowl. You can cross them out then, at that point. I th- I because... think very cl- like if if this was week twelve, 
if this was a week 12 game, I would have crossed them off. Because this, this oh, is yeah. ridiculous. It's just like, yeah, st- th- stop. Like, you have, and you have Diggs, you have Gabe Davis, guys that can go deep. And Dalton Kincaid's mm-hmm. a good rookie tight end. They look pretty good today. Dude. They can do crossing routes. They can go over the middle of the field. You yeah. can, you have short routes against the Jets' defense that got to, to Josh Allen, obviously, because that just defense is pretty – that defensive line is pretty damn good. Like, yeah. you can go short. You don't have to play with this urgency. Like, how many times do we see th- – this is kind of nuts, but even yesterday with Baker Mayfield, they ran the ball, you know, semi-okay with – Rashad White, but what what we always talk about the simple thing. The Bucks yesterday is not a great example, but it's the simple thing of football. Running the ball well leads to really nice short passes and potentially the long ball. Not run the ball leads yeah. to the long ball and then a short ball. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's fundamental football yeah. that this team never understands to do on offense. And yeah. they have the best running back. And my, they have the best running back. I argue in Josh Allen's tenure. Minus LaShawn McCoy, but even oh, LaShawn yeah. McCoy was at the back end of his career. This is the best yeah. running back they've had in that backfield. This is an RB1 in that backfield. Use him. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's like, I just can't get over. Just like, like you remember when, when what was it Dennis Green said in a press conference, you know, the Bears are who we thought they were? Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, the Jets didn't let him off the hook. But the Bills are who we think they are. This is Bills football. Let Josh Allen play hero ball because he has all these great receivers or has you know a great receiver core, and then let the Bills defense eat. But one major piece, and you've said it last year, we and we both said it last year. What do teams need to do to win a Super Bowl? Run the damn ball effectively. And this team, and still, this 2023 Bills team, has the perfect, and I mean perfect, running back to do it. Finally, yeah. Yes. And now it's just a matter of can they do it for the rest of the weeks here on out? You know, you know, you, you can let them slide for week one. I mean, they lost, they lost the game to, the, to Zach Wilson-led Jets. But, you know, can they let it, you know, can they fix it going into, you know, these next few weeks and start building it that way? Because then if they start running the ball effectively, especially with a good running back, then you can say, okay, they are legit contenders. You know, but if they don't, we'll be we'll see games like this every week where either Josh Allen's got to throw four TDs, no picks, and throw for like four hundred yards and be the hero, and they're gonna blow somebody out. And the next week, Josh Allen's gonna throw for no touchdowns and four picks. So it's like, it's it's like you know, like I I know the Jets defense is great. You know that's that's not a slide. You know, saying that the Jets defense you know got lucky because Josh Allen basically screwed himself. He did, but at the same time. Josh Allen is still a very capable quarterback. This is a guy that keeps talking about being a you know an MVP conversation kind of guy, but every year he gives you a reason to not put him there. It's like it, it's like you know it's th- these problems are just something he's not learning from. He like I was saying before, he still can't slide, he, or he refuses to slide because he knows he's big. He just wants to run everyone over. He refuses to slide. He still at the worst times in games makes bad decisions with the football. He's still throwing at a double triple coverage when he shouldn't be. And it's just like it's, you know, is Josh Allen, you know, a very capable quarterback? Of course he is. With his talent alone, he's still top five. He's but, a franchise quarterback. We're not dismissing that. Yeah. But but the more these issues persist and the more these that the Bills start just keep leaning on him to win them games, he'll find himself out of the league eventually when that contract he can find himself being a backup. He'll find himself getting off. hurt. That's where yeah, he'll or, find yeah, or, yeah, or worse. Like, did you see You'll, some we'll of the find, we'll, he took tonight? We'll we'll see Matt Barkley start by week eight. Yeah, I, I'm not even you, kidding. I think did Matt you Marley's see back some up. of the hits? Oh, I saw all of them. I've seen all of yeah. Josh Allen's hits. They're all gross yeah. and worthless. But he just needs but to tonight slide. was like tonight was some of the heaviest hits I've seen him take. That Jets defense was out for blood every time they hit him because they knew he wasn't going to slide. So they yeah. just leveled him every time he took off and ran. He got leveled, and he's popping up like, "Oh, it's fine, you know. Oh, I'm Mr. Tough Guy. I'm going to sit here and you know pop my collar." Yeah, you take more hits like that. Eventually, you're going to find yourself with a broken collarbone in week six. So we're not. We don't know, want injury, like, but we're being honest. 
this, but that's but that's being is. honest. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, like you know, it's 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 just it's not hard. It's not hard to learn how to slide if you're a quarterback. This is the problem. This is another problem I had with Jim Hurts yesterday. He gave himself up at great times when the play was dead, so that's fine. But he didn't give himself up, and he coughed up the football at the worst time in the game. And this, Eagles are lucky they got of, away with it. And that's exactly kind of what happened with Josh Allen, where he's like, he's not giving himself up. And then yeah. when he's getting pressured, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to toss this into double coverage. And look, yeah. two of them are basically yeah, like, punts. Two of them are basically punts. I get that. Yeah. But it's like, it doesn't matter. You're still throwing picks. It doesn't matter if you throw it at the five or the 10. And let, and let, if it's one pick, if, sometimes quarterbacks have a game where they'll have one pick in the back of the end zone like that, okay, punt, fine, we'll move on. Not two, not three. It doesn't It doesn't compute. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Especially when you're a franchise quarterback and everybody knows you have the talent at, to, as a top five quarterback. You can't, you can't. And then, and then the, the, the worst part of it is when you screwed yourself and you allowed the Jets to basically send the game to overtime or, or it led to going to overtime. Because you coughed up the ball right there and you backed up in your own territory because you fumbled the snap. I mean, and then you picked it up, started to run, and you fumbled it again. Like it's it's just it's don't get me wrong. We we like Josh Allen. We know what Josh Allen can do. But Josh Allen is a guy that cannot be put in any MVP conversations, cannot be put in any Super Bowl conversations, because these are the things he's not learning from. This He's is not taking care of the football. It's not just that. It's what this entire coaching staff thinks they should do with him. Oh, yeah. And it's so yeah. Like I'm I'm so, like this team makes me pull my hair out. They be and the reason why is because I think today especially, you know, previous years, you know, you have Devin Singletary, whatever, right? Like I get that. The reason why I was about to just want to shave my head off today is because th- this, th- they have a perfect RB1, and they're just like, who cares? We'll, we'll have him have a good game. We'll have a couple bursts, but we're not going to use him to help Josh Allen. We're just going to be like, all right, Josh, go ahead. Have fun. And he, he, that's not fun. That's like, I look at this team with James Cook having an 1,000 yard season making the Super Bowl. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. But if that's not yeah. what we see by the end of 18 w- weeks here, screw that. Screw it. I've never yeah. seen a team where it's just like this one problem and you fix the problem by making James Cook your RB1 and you still don't care. That's that's how you – like yeah. this team, if James Cook has an 1,000-yard season and has amazing games in the playoffs, this team wins the AFC. I'm sorry. I think this team wins the AFC oh, yeah. like that. I think I don't think easily, but I think they yeah. find a way to win it. I real I think they find a way to beat the Chiefs. They've been close playing like this garbage. I think they find a way to beat the Bengals. They find a way to beat every AFC team like this. They make the Super Bowl if James Cook has a bunch of great games in the playoffs in a thousand yard season. They make the yeah. Super Bowl. If not, it's not even close. Yeah. And it's just it's like. It, it's crazy that at that, like, okay, maybe we can let them slide because, like, you keep saying it's week one, and Josh Allen has never had a, you know, the, that whole team has never had a running back like James Cook. So maybe they're they're kind of finally getting it going now. So we can probably let it slide. But, like, we keep saying, you know, like I said before, if this, if this persists for weeks and weeks and weeks, then you have to rule the Bills out as a Super Bowl contender because they're, they're not – making use of what they have and they're not hitting on every single cylinder and living up to their potential. Yeah. Not just Josh Allen, but the team in general. 100%. Like, I can't can't get over it because I'm sitting here going, look, if James Cook has, again, I'm going to repeat myself because this is just so flipping annoying. James Cook has an 1,000-yard season and he dominates in the playoffs. This team makes the Super Bowl. No ifs, ands, or buts. They make the Super Bowl. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bengals. They beat everyone else in that that conference. They make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl. They make it. They make it, no question in my mind. The question is, can they do it? And right now, the answer is no. Yeah. 
happens after week one, the answer is the no. Answer's no. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk. We'll recap uh, Vikings Eagles. Uh, and then to finish up the post credit scene, uh, it is sadly the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. So I want to talk about that mm-hmm. to finish off the week. All right, we'll see you all after break shortly. All right, we're back. You kind of know our thoughts on the Vikings and the Eagles from yesterday, but Brandon, what what are your keys for the Vikings to win on Amazon on Thursday night? Oh, man. Well, I know what the keys for the Eagles are, but the keys for the Vikings is just, I mean, it's simple. Well, it's, I shouldn't say it's simple. It's primetime Kirk. Don't be primetime Kirk. <laughs> don't be primetime um, Kirk. It's... Don't, you know, yeah, be be the better, be the Kirk Cousins that, you know, that's never on primetime. Be, be the good Kirk Cousins. Be the Cousins uh, that plays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific. Yep. And... I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's simple. Get anyone else. I mean, Kirk still had. I think it was three hundred forty-four yards, but one hundred fifty of that came from Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, it's got to be more. I think I feel like they have to have. And don't get me wrong, Addison did still have his moments yesterday, things like that. But I feel like it's got to be, especially because the Eagles are missing a CB two now. Um, you have to take advantage of, or you basically have to spread the ball around a lot more equally, knowing that Darius Slay is going to be on Justin Jefferson, and then those two go at it a lot. But Slay, usually, well, at least especially last year, got the better of him pretty handedly too. Um, and so if you know that you're going to have a matchup all night, and eventually, you know, they're going to like you can't keep throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson all game. So Kirk Cousins has to spread the ball around equally. Um, the more Addison, I think, is important. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, and probably, yeah, probably maybe a little, little more Addison, just because you don't have a CB two. Um, uh, but I feel like that that's one of them. Second one is Vikings defense. I mean, they weren't terrible against the Bucks, but you're playing Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. It's not hard to be good against them. Yeah. Um, but the Vikings defense, you cannot be. You cannot show up. As the thirty set as the thirty second ranked defense in the NFL, like you were last year, you need to actually, especially because the Eagles are going to come. At least I would hope, but I would also think just by how they played against New England, Philly, especially in Philadelphia on a short you know, week, we on a short week, the Eagles are are a little bit pissed that even though they won, they're still pissed with how they perform. So, you know, you got to think that the Eagles' game plan is going to be a lot different offensively. You know, it's going to be – you would hope it's last year's Eagles. And if it's last year's Eagles, that defense is going to get eaten alive. So that defense has to be ready. So you basically have to have, to have a stronger defensive game plan or just, just tighten up the defense any way you can. I don't know how they would do it, but your defense has to be better than what it's been the past couple of years. And, this, and you know, it's, it's you can't ha- – especially if you're the Vikings, you don't want to have two losses to start the season in one week. So – you got to have a good defense uh, and a good game plan going into week two. So that's the second thing is defense, defense, defense. It wins championships. Not like the Vikings are competing for one anyway. Um, yeah. You know, I got I got to throw my, my dig in there anyway. Um, and then second, I mean, or I should say last thing, I guess with the more I think about it, you don't have Dalvin Cook now. But Alexander I mean, Madison, still, please perform for please give him the ball yeah, for God's sakes. Yeah, you need you need to run the ball with him. You you absolutely have to just because. Okay, no Dalvin Cook, but Madison's more than capable of being of being a very good running back. And I mean, you know, the Eagle don't. The thing is though, it's not so much. Yes, running the ball matters, but the Eagles' run defense was very good against New England. Um, not not against when Mac Jones ran because Mac Jones would take off and nobody was there. But whenever the running backs touched the ball, they they weren't going anywhere against that Eagles defense. They went nowhere. So, I mean, it's gonna be hard for them to run the ball, but you do need to get Alexander Madison more involved than what you did against the Bucks. So, I mean, it, it's got to be better. So, I think those are my three keys for them if they're gonna have any chance of beating Philly in Philadelphia. All right, what about for Philly? What 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 are you thinking after yesterday and going into the next four days? 
Well, now that I've calmed down from my I hate Brian Johnson tirade, um, I feel like for Philly it comes down to I think there's a lot more keys than just three. Um, it's well, first of all, it's got to be better play calling, both from your offensive-minded head coach and your OC. Uh, it's got to be better. It it can't be like I was saying yesterday, and I I beat the point home. It can't be wide receiver screens and and you know running against a stacked box all day long. You you will not beat the Vikings that way. Um, will not beat any and, team and, uh, that way. You just won't beat anybody. Yeah, not beat any. Yeah, and it's and and on top of that, the home fans are going to throw beer on the field if you if you come out looking like that. <laughs> um, in in Philadelphia, you will hear the booze halfway through the first quarter if they don't if they don't come out with their head on fire. So the offensive game plan has to be better. Because that, that game against the Patriots in general, taking a little detour here, it looked, and I said it before, it looked like the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles, where Sirianni had no idea what the hell he was doing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it needs, so Shane Steichen being here, not being here stinks, but you, you move forward to new season. You have, you have to have a better offensive game plan. And you could, first of all, and I mean, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Second of all, the offensive line, please, Protect Jalen Hurts. He ran for his life against the Patriots. Well, every do you, single play. Here's my question: Do you think the Vikings are just going to run zero blitz like a bunch of idiots? They're not going to do that, are they? Oh no, they, no, they they won't. I don't know. They definitely won't. I mean, that's that's a Patriots mo. But still, if there's any bit of pressure, you've got to pick it up, or you have to recognize when they do blitz, you've got to recognize it and pick it up somehow. Because they're like Mylotta and Lane Johnson combined didn't give up a sack, or I don't think uh, Lane Johnson definitely didn't. But combined, they had ten QB pressures given Yikes. up. Oh my god, that's Mylotta got bullied, and I didn't think Mylotta. I thought Mylotta was the worst uh, yesterday, but actually Lane Johnson gave up six of them out of those ten. Wow, golly. So, so, and that's 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 a Hall of Fame right tackle. And he's giving up six pressures. Like everybody's like, oh, well, he still didn't give up a sack. So his 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 zero sack record is still intact. Doesn't matter. If, 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 if you have QB pressures like that, yeah, that doesn't really matter that much. Like, it's still a bad offensive line game. The only offensive lineman that showed up yesterday was Jason Kelsey, but he can't do everything himself. Like Jurgens was terrible. Milano was terrible. And Lane Johnson was terrible. I mean, you know, and then you had, you know, your tight end, you know. The, the having Jack Stoll out of place didn't help either. Um, yeah, he, he was, so he's not a good. He's not a great blocker anyway. I don't know why you need him that bad to block. I don't know why. I don't know why they have him in to block because Goddard's a better blocker. Goddard can do both. Goddard is what Brent Selleck was. Yeah, catch yep. the ball and he can block. Yeah. So, so like you know, people don't give that. And and then you know what's funny? That leads me to my third. My third thing. Throw the damn ball to Dallas Goddard when he's open. <laughs> he was open. The Eagles could have put that game, and especially Jalen Hurts. He needs to know that he that he's got to be better because he had th- I think it was three straight plays on one drive. Dallas Goddard was I, I hate to well I got to use this term because I'm pissed. He was butt ass naked open down the field on three straight plays. Yeah, and he was he was open a lot more than that yesterday. From what yeah, I yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, just just in that one instance, it was three straight plays that he was open. He was open a lot more than that. He only had one target the entire game, and he played 61 out of the 66, I think, total snaps that the offense had. Dallas Goddard's a safety valve. Use him if you need him. I I don't get what the game plan was to run wide receiver screens with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown all day. What the hell were you doing? Like. If you and see that next week, you're gonna blow a gasket on Thursday night. Oh my God! If I see it, I my social media feed is gonna be nothing but fire Brian Johnson or like, and then parade him through the streets of Philadelphia and let people throw trash at him. You know, because it's just like I can't have, I can't have another week where I see that kind of offensive performance again. Because last year, Shane Steichen only had one bad offense or one or two bad offensive performances. So if Brian Johnson, who was obviously under Shane Steichen last year and is a is a basically a father figure to Jalen Hurts. If you have another bad offensive game, especially the first two weeks of the season, I I will not be able to withstand it. 
but that but that's the third key is, is just getting Goddard more, more involved anyway. Yeah, I have like more. I could keep going. There's more keys to this game. <laughs> I think those are the most important three after what those, we saw on Sunday. Yeah. And the, and then I'll, I'll I'll throw a bonus one in there. I mean, I, I could I could I have like six keys, <laughs> like, but like, but just for the just so we don't kill so much time on my Eagles. The the fourth key as like a bonus key is just next man up. So please do not have like. If like they're not gonna do it anyway, I don't. And Sirianni's not that dumb, but like your CB two has to basically be what Josh Joby. I think it, so, it yeah. has to be. Okay. You know, it, like it can't like Eli Ricks is not ready yet, even though he did play well in preseason. And Keely Ringo is still super raw, so it's not going to be him. So and so you need him to step up. So that's next man up mentality. He needs to know that, that this is his game on Thursday. And then not having safety. the Kobe Dean, not having the Kobe Dean scares me a lot. Yeah, it actually it does. Although, for a month. although, although Christian Ellis did play well when he was in there, and Zach Cunningham is more than capable. So, I'm not too worried about the linebackers. Just, but also what the the Vikings do have T.J. Hawkinson, right? So, yeah. you know who's gonna? So I don't trust any of those linebackers stopping him. If you couldn't stop Hunter freaking Henry, yes, you know yesterday, like, and. That leads me to like, you know, why I say next man up because the safeties have to be better, and Justin Justin Evans cannot play safety on Thursday because I've never seen a worse safety performance in my life. The guy, I mean, I mean, granted, he wasn't supposed to play anyway, but I don't get how you know you you have to be ready, and the guy was was out of sorts every single time the ball was even thrown remotely in his direction. He, he also just no missed. Idea. He also missed a lot of coverages yesterday. Yeah. So there was a lot of one-on-one corner and just yeah. all this garbage with no safety help. Yeah. On and like I'm, a cover two man. Like what, like, what I was, doing? like 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 when Kendrick Bourne was toasting them. I'm like, why is Justin Evans nowhere like on the field in this play? He was like, wait, do you remember the one touchdown that Kendrick Bourne scored? He was all the way on the other side of the field. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like I, I and the free safety was in the middle. And like, then, I was like, what then, the hell? And then, like, I, I still like Reed Blankenship. I know he's hit or miss. He had some good plays yesterday. He had, so he had some bad ones. He's still learning because last year he was kind of thrown to the fire. And this is kind of extension of last season against the, you know, against the Patriots. So I give Blankenship a pass. But he cannot – like, he let Hunter, like Hunter Henry runs. Like, he has, like you said, he, like, he has bricks strapped to his legs. Like, Hunter Henry runs like he's in quicksand. And Reed Blankenship still got burnt. By Hunter freaking Henry. I didn't realize Reed Blankenship was that, that slow. I didn't realize he was that slow. So Blankenship's got to be better. Or, like, you know, you can't fix your – I mean, you could fix speed a little bit if you want. I just don't think – I don't I, – I'll be honest, Brian. I don't think he actually is that slow. I just can't uh, you know, picture that. Yeah, I, I don't I, – like, I don't think he really is. I think he just got kind of got caught flat-footed. I think that, so, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that's the problem. But – he needs to put himself in better position, and especially because he's going to be tested again. Because TJ Hawkins is going to be his responsibility, I guarantee, on some of those plays. You know, if the linebacker can't can't pick the you know pick him up, one of then, the best tight ends in the entire NFL. Yeah, so that so like, that's, that's yeah. Like we're we're talking about Addison and Jefferson and even Osborne, but you know people still forget TJ Hawkinson is right there. Right, like so, you know, it's like. If if Kirk Cousins starts like and that's what I was saying for the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins starts spreading that ball around, they each start getting equal targets and things, and everybody starts kind of going off. The Eagles are not winning that game. I, I can say it right now, and I'm I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, but I can be honest, with you, my team is terrible on defense, and this team defensively looks really weak right now. Now they're missing basically two or three guys that are your main starters, especially in a secondary that was already weak to begin with. That was on a, again on a short week. They got to fix these things in four days. And on a short week, so it just—it's really scary right now. Like people are like, "Oh, you know, I'm not worried because the Vikings are terrible." I'm like, "Yeah, but our defense, even though they hit, they held together well, they still gave up a lot of big plays, and they let the Patriots get back into it." But with those guys that are basically going to be starting the game against Minnesota, who you know who were thrust into the fire against the Patriots, and you don't have much time to fix it, so it's scary. But for both teams, those are my keys, pretty much. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right on the head. I think it's going to be a fascinating game for those reasons. 
I'm I'm really tired of watching the Vikings. Um, to be fair, even after yeah. Sunday, but we'll see. We'll see what's gonna happen. I I just again like especially with the Vikings, as we talk about, these are like simple fixes. And and as you explained, yeah. like there's a way where the Vikings do the right thing and win this game. I just am not very confident that they will, even with the yeah. issues on the Eagles. Because we know what the what. It's the same thing with the Bills. Like we know what the Bills are. We know what the Vikings are. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see it on Thursday know, night. Was, you hit it, it right on the head, though. If, you hit it right on the head for both teams. Yeah. 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 And it, it's gonna be and it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if even though you know we're making logical sense about what both teams need to do, but I'm so I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings because the Eagles can do make adjustments really well when they need to. The Vikings never make adjustments. So wouldn't surprise me if we if, you know, like you're saying, if we we don't see a, a more improved Vikings team on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we switched to a sad topic for a post credit scene. It is the twenty second anniversary of nine eleven. Uh Brandon, you live in the New Jersey area. as you've grown older, what have you seen uh um like around your area, around the New York, New Jersey area? What what have you seen on, on this really important day, not only for New York and New Jersey, but for America? What have you seen what have you heard what do you feel on a day like this knowing that you're so close to to the twin towers well it's you know it's it's always uh you know an interesting day every year just because we, we know how much this day impacted basically the rest of society the rest of not just american society but the world forever um but you know and as i'm i'm wearing my uh i'm not a volunteer firefighter in my town but i'm wearing a firefighter t-shirt that I have because my uncle was a volunteer firefighter. That's awesome. Fantastic. And, uh, he wasn't there that he wasn't there that day. He wasn't doing that that day. But but still, you know, I I have people who have I have first responders in my family. I have cops in my family. None of which were there. They were too young then. A lot of my some of my second cousins who were you know teenagers then. But um, but I have a lot of first responders in my family that you know that that's what their job is and. You know, so for me, it always hits home just because I'm, you know, I, we always talk about, you know, regardless of how you feel about politics in America, that, you know, when it comes to first responders, when it comes to the events around that day and everything that happened, it's like, you know, we have to all, always realize that we're all Americans, no matter no matter what our politics are, what we believe in, we're, we're yeah. all, you know, as we say, one we're one nation under God, you know. And yeah. it's like that, you know, we have to, we can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of that. And, you know, especially as somebody who, you know, I hear the stories every day around here because I see people every day that talk about, yeah, I was there that day. Because, like I said, I can see the Twin Towers from my backyard. Yeah. I can see the New York skyline from my backyard. I'm only 15 minutes from the city by car with no traffic. And, you know, especially, and I see it every year. They always light up the sky with the beacon for the Twin Towers on 9-11. And I can see it from, from my my part-time job because we're right there. I can literally see it straight up in the sky as crystal clear as possible every time. And, I, and I'm like, I make sure that I, I, it's hard to look. You can't look away from it. It's not. It's it's unavoidable. It's something that's like, it doesn't matter what conspiracy theory you believe in about that day. You know, you just know it was it was the worst day or you know you, you know people always say like this you know in modern things that happen oh this was the worst day in american history but no it's like that was the worst day in american history just because yeah you know and i i've been to the 9 11 memorial you know I, i've seen i haven't gone to ground zero i haven't seen that but i've I've been to the you know to the world trade center even the mall the world trade center mall has 9 11 things in it i've seen the 9 11 tribute uh museum thing they had I saw the the you know people, you know I saw the actual they have in the big in the center of the whole place they have this you know, one of the steel beams that remains intact you know that they you know obviously they preserved, and you see uh, there's an exhibit that you can walk through on one of the levels, and you see they sh- they you can hear the audio calls of people telling people both on the plane that the planes that crashed, and uh, people you know in the building that unfortunately either burned alive or jumped to their death um you hear the phone calls they're making to their families and loved ones you hear you know just the the genuine fear and it's like in this and you know and of course it hits it hits 
the whole country hard when you hear it. But being from this area, it hits people like us harder because yeah. we know, because we especially when everybody lives in this area, we all know somebody who either barely escaped it or unfortunately lost their life in it. And it's it's like it's it's so hard to grasp. Like and especially going back to that exhibit. They also not only showed the phone calls, but they showed the you know, video, the actual video of people jumping. It really? Oh my god! Yeah. So, oh, so wow. like it was it it's it's scary, and then you you hear the first responders getting the calls and saying, "Hey, you know, you know, we need to get down here because this is bad. You know, the, the towers have been struck, and it's it's like." 22 years later like listen we were we were all infants we were all and some of us you know maybe a little older maybe toddlers but it doesn't change the fact that no matter how old you were even if you were born after 9-11 you know the impact that it had because it's like it's not just like a natural it wasn't a natural disaster like this was a a planned disaster it 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 should never have happened it's just like you can I couldn't fathom, and I, I never want to hear it or see it again. But you couldn't fathom something something like that happening today. Like it's it's, it's just like it's hard. And and the, the way that I'll explain it, it as crazy as it is, is there was some stuff where I was, I was looking at some Instagram posts today, and they're just like pre nine eleven. You could it was like the private sector's job to fix the airport. You could bring knives. You can bring whatever. Oh, yeah. And then every and then every mm-hmm. time you go to TSA, even if you go through clear. Even if you go through TSA clear, which has been a mess over the last month and a half or so, it doesn't yeah. matter. That That's all over the world because of that day. It's a, that's a singular yeah. impact that you see every time you go through an airport. I mean, it, it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but it, it's yeah. the simple truth. And it's 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 unbelievable to think about. Yeah. And it's crazy because and I was going to touch on that, too. People, you know, always say like, you know, we, you know there's people that that sometimes don't realize like they'll be like oh yeah it was a national tragedy that it, it affected so many people be you know we have to you know you always hear people saying oh we got to move forward and of course we have to move forward you know life doesn't end but we have to realize that that changed our world forever we have the technology that we have today probably wouldn't be as advanced as it is if that didn't happen it we we the the you know the whole TSA thing you're mentioning the scanner the new scanner that they developed like ten years ago and have kept improving like that's an example of it yeah like like people don't realize is that like the post nine eleven society especially that a lot of our generation has grown up in and has basically lived in our whole lives because we, we were only one maybe two years old when nine eleven happened this is all we've known but you always hear people older than us say it was so much more different before 9-11 like it, that it was it was it was a complete it felt like a completely different world but for these people that have lived both before 9-11 and can remember it and after 9-11 like i know people at my job that are in their late 20s early 30s so they they can they remember being little kids when it happened but they remember being in second and third grade and being pulled out of, like these are 30 year old 30 year old people and they're like, oh yeah, I was in second or third or fourth grade, and we got pulled out of class. And you know, they were saying, oh, as a little kid, you think, oh, that it was just a day that we were able to leave school early. But then they said that they didn't realize, you know, as they got older, that's the reality of it is because it wasn't safe anymore. It was, it was, it was the day that basically not just America but the world lost a big sense of security. And we always talk about national security, but that's that's the reason why national security has been such a problem. Like there was other incidents before 9-11, but you know, it was different. But post 9-11, national security will always be one of the biggest things. 9-11 changed so much more than just the US. It it changed the way we view the world today, even 22 years later. Yeah. Yeah crazy um i want to tell a couple football stuff um that i remember that i saw today robert sala's brother was in the south building yeah working in the south building and escaped and is alive today uh, which is just crazy um my favorite story from my favorite football story from 9 11 and i have to find it it's on some and if you go nfl films on youtube you'll find it uh there was a broncos giants game 
in Denver. And this guy, I think he worked in North Tower. He got tickets to the game and he was off that day. He was supposed to work that shift that day. But instead, he was at the Broncos game. So going to the Giants-Broncos game in Denver saved his life, basically. Still one of the craziest and most chilling football moment, like chilling football things I ever think about. It's it's just so, you know, people don't realize like, and you hear that you hear those stories, you know, obviously here too. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure being from this area, he was probably a Giants fan. Um, but you know, it's like you know, he was a, he was a Giants fan, a massive Giants fan. Yeah. yeah, like you hear those stories of just like people like and like my grandfather had told me a story about it that because you know, especially back then, like my grandmother. You know, she worked. In, she works in New Jersey, but you know, I, I live with my grandparents, obviously. But you know, before I was born, she or like or well, I shouldn't say before I was born because it was right at that time. She said she like everybody in my family who's old enough to remember says they remember where they were that day, and it's like it's it's one of those days where it's like you remember exactly where you were, especially because when you live in this area, it's scary because my grandfather said that he was working in the city that day. He wasn't super super close to, it, but it was close enough that he could see the towers actually being hit out of out of the out of the window he was looking out of and and you could see he he said nothing was he said i left the city as fast as i could because he said you could just see the smoke just going up into the sky and it was just like you did not know what the hell was happening and you know they got everybody out of the city or that, that that they could um but like it's when your own family tells you stories about what they remember that day. Like even if they weren't, you know, there, there, but we were still so close to it that we basically were there. Yeah. That, that it gives you a whole new perspective on it. Cause you know, it's, it's different. Like, you know, obviously, you know, for you living on the West coast, like, you you know, you weren't anywhere near it to see it. Like, even though it's, but it still affects us. My, my stories, my stories are fascinating. uh, Even here, obviously not the same as you guys over there. Much love to, to wool of you guys over there uh during this day i i i remember two stories one is my mom's holding me and my dad's coming home and they're watching it on the tv of just the towers like getting hit basically Mm -hmm. and then the other one is uh shane might remember this story as well because it was in the same class as i was we had this teacher mr karen's in elementary school he's telling he's he's driving to school at 7 a.m in the morning listening to his sports radio and he go and there's like oh we interrupt interrupt this report for the special news and it's that and they spent though he spent the whole day in the classroom with his you know fifth grade students watching it for yeah. the whole day like school didn't even matter they just watched it like yeah i couldn't even imagine that like it's and it's like and then you know everybody remembers or you know especially in the sports world people remember the the first moment, the first like semblance of trying to get back to normalcy after nine eleven, was was the Yankees in the World Series in two thousand one playing the Diamondbacks and in Game Three George Bush throws out the first pitch, and you could hear a pin drop in that stadium because it was just everybody was holding their breath, and it's like you, you don't like we think of a ceremonial first pitch nowadays we don't we don't think anything of it, but that. First pitch was so important for people to realize that you know, a we're not going to let it destroy us. You know, we're not we're not going to let this let this define who we are. And you know, we got to realize that. And remember, this is a, this is a, this is a game between the Yankees, who are literally in, literally in New York City in the Bronx, but against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are coming from all the way in the West, and everybody, no matter what side you rooted for you came together to not only see that first pitch but it was like you wanted to see what would happen and to just have any sense of peace in your life moving forward after 9-11 it meant so much not only to the city and to especially to this area but it meant a lot to just everybody in that country just to even see that first pitch of that game but the ceremonial first pitch just because it was just it was just trying to get back to a place of normalcy was so important for people and it's just you know you, we we don't want we we don't feel too much like we like how can I say it we 
we couldn't feel the impact that people who are more cognizant of the, of that moment can tell us about. Like we don't feel that way, but we still feel the impact because of what we were saying with the, with the post nine eleven with security and technology things like that. But just the, even the stories, man. Even what you're telling yeah. us right now, like that's significant. Like, it's 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 so important that just people understand that that's a day that even when we're long gone, people are still going to remember. Like you know, we talk about you know. The, the things surrounding like January 6th, but who's going to talk about January? Like people were comparing that to 9-11. It's like, ridiculous. How, how are you comparing January 6th to 9-11? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it'll, it'll never make sense to me. It's like January 6th is, is, is already being somewhat forgotten about as we get on with our lives here. 9-11 is never going to be forgotten in American history. In because world history, for God's sake. In, 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 in a world history, like, you know, January 6th was just a U.S. thing. It was just a, a you know, a dumb kind of political thing. 9-11 was so much more that it's like, I can't, I don't understand when people compare other U.S. incidents to 9-11 because 9-11 is the different. biggest thing. It's di- so different. It's so different. A couple of sports things as well. Um 9-11 for me is very synonymous to, to week one in the NFL, especially mm-hmm. when it hits a Sunday or a Monday. It's very synonymous. Of course, I I, I, I think we missed this on schedule release, but there's a reason the Giants played on Sunday night and the Jets played on Monday night. Yeah. At home. And like and and the whoever holds up the flag for the Jets and Giants games, you know who you know who held up the flag this the, before the game and ran out the tunnel with the flag today? Aaron Rodgers. Actually, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's a really special honor, of course, with the history of the NFL holding up that flag to start um the nine eleven games on Sundays and whatever happens on Monday. But uh, it is very synonymous with week one, and it is something that over the years that we've done this podcast and in different networks and different platforms, uh, we do end up doing a show on nine eleven uh, on occasion. Yeah. So it is something that. We want to always finish the show off, um, especially that we are recording this on on the day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much, Brandon, for allowing us your insight, uh, especially you living in the area. I think it's really important for people to hear. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, of course, Rob. I mean, I'm always, I'm always at any time it comes to this day. It's like you know, like I was saying before. You know, sure, we were only I was only a year and a half old when 9/11 happened, but just to hear how much especially having first responders in my family having people from this area who who i can call neighbors and friends and hearing their stories about oh i've lost an uncle in not you know because of 9-11 or i lost you know and these are like these are some of my close friends too and it's like you know it it it's it hits home and you know and then and to one more thing about the sports stuff especially with the jets and giants playing back to back with each other like we got to remember that, you know, like, yeah, you see it across, you know, first responders and other games throughout the week and things like that. But it's like, you know, when it comes to Jets and Giants, those, and especially in this area, because they're involved in this area, not just for 9-11, but people always associate, it seems like they always associate first responders with this area. It feels like a lot. Yeah. Like, this is the area of the country where it's like, when you hear, when you hear Jets, Giants, and you hear, like that kind of stuff. Like, when you hear, when you see the FDNY on the hats yesterday yeah. and today, yeah, head coaches like, yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's like it 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 can't be it just it can't be looked past. That's just like this means everything, especially to those two franchises, but to people just across the country. Just because it's funny how I said a sense of normalcy, right? When George Bush threw out, threw out the first pitch, but the sense of normalcy thing is also when you see that football game being played tonight. Like you're remembering 9/11, and it's such a it's such a somber thing. But then you realize we're thinking about it while we're watching the game today. Yeah, and you want that to be moving. Like every we talk about it every year for 22 years, and it's the same feelings and it's the same things every single year because that's just how much this moment in world history affected everybody. Even if you, no matter where you came from in the world it had some sort of effect on you or, you know, even for future generations, it's still going to have a ripple effect because that's how important this whole day and everything 
surrounding it was and still is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandon, for that insight. That is incredible. Thank you so much for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll see you on uh, Thursday or Friday for your Eagles recap. Boy, I cannot, I cannot wait for that. And I, once again, I'll either be, uh, you know, stressing out horribly. Either way, I'll be stressing out horribly. I'll come on and my face will be all red on the pod. Um, but believe me, we're gonna we're gonna have fun with that game regardless, and and oh. the whole the whole week too, not just that, but all week too. Yeah, we got a we got a double header next week on Monday night and the yeah. week after, so that's gonna be just. I don't even know if we'll record on Monday because I think we'll be too exhausted trying to watch two games at once. Oh I just yeah, recording on a Tuesday. We'll yeah. see, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Brandon, and uh, we'll see you all on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, as always, Rob, pleasure. Yeah, same here, man. Thank you all for listening. Uh, to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. And we'll see you all to start week two. Yes, sir. Thank you, everybody.